You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. Welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Ranfreeman, but with me, the actual host of ADD Space, the owner-proprietor, the CEO, CFO, chief brand engineer, lead designer, head artist, social media designer, and travels are Elise Bacon. Bacon, how are you? Hello. Hello. I'm here. I'm awake. I'm awake. I feel like sometimes you respond like I pulled you through a teleporter suddenly, like I summoned you, like yanked you. Well, I had to think about it. I've had a day where every time I do something, I need a nap. That's perfectly fine. It just, you know. So I was like, wait, I am actually awake. That's like a genuine status, like awake. You can't take that for granted. Yeah, I can't take it for granted. Genuine status. Hello, I'm awake. I'm conscious. <laughs> I am not about to fall asleep. You're about to get through the whole show without. By the way, if you do fall asleep on a show, it will be the sleepy episode, and we will play to it. I will play. I will do, um, a quiet storm storytelling for the rest of the episode. If you so fall asleep on an episode of ADD Space, I will. If I fall asleep on an episode of ADD Space, there is clearly an issue that happened because I have never fallen asleep on mic. Oh, I just give you the window to fall asleep because of because of your chronic fatigue. So, oh yeah, no. Even with the chronic fatigue, like I, I get mad sleepy, but like I do not, I do not fall asleep on mic. Like you will, you will not be hearing my snoring on mic. Now, have I fallen asleep like on a phone call? But that was it's like you know, like when you're um, when you're dating somebody, you have like the we're gonna like talk until we fall asleep kind of thing. So like, right. there's the permission to fall asleep on the phone, right? Mm. um so like only then do i like have i fallen asleep oh. on the phone but usually i'm also not the one who's falling asleep i'm usually the one going are you asleep are you asleep you're asleep good night <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a guest before we return to that we have a guest reading from the twitter bio designer illustrator writer composer educator counselor technician social services and you're not running out of hats because you're also a former indie game developer and a current game designer already sir how are you how are you doing ah thanks for having me back uh i missed you guys oh it's good to have you on like i said i it, it the funny thing about because because podcasting absolutely does not absolutely does not pay um i absolutely when people are not around i don't hammer them because everyone has emergency so i just defer to work and or emergency or work related emergency so uh, that's fair and you're a busy man full stop yeah these days i've been doing a lot so it's been actually nice to carve out some time and actually talk to you guys i'm so hype i am uh, so hype uh, it, it's homie time We back. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Oh yeah. It's the Juneteenth. It's the special Juneteenth. Is Juneteenth is a week also. We're not we're not going to just let it be on a Monday and call it. So um Juneteenth ah. is energy that we will carry through the rest of this week, like a music festival. Uh nigga, it's for the rest of the month. Can't tell me nothing. There you go. Whole month. Whole month. It is it is it is 
It is for the blacks. It is for the queers. It's for the black queers, especially. Let's go. Superpowers. Not facts, though. Like, what's really in June? Who likes June? Amy. Absolutely the fuck not. Only liberation and queerness. Let's go. I got nothing. I don't like the summer. And these are... uh, I, 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 I actually, I have, um, I have uh, the, the season affected disorder. I get the summer, but I get the summer sads. Same though. Yeah, like as soon as as soon as May starts to hit, like my mood starts tanking. It just like it just goes crash. Now all my passive buffs kick in when we hit October. Yo, same. Like 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 as it, I I I like to use. Um, I'm not like a Halloween junkie, but I do use Halloween as an example because the weather does a turn. Like does a big turn around Halloween, so like. As soon as we get to that weather turn in October, I am activated. It is on. We are fall color, scarves, fashion. We are outside. We are doing the thing, getting coffee, schmoozing. It's great. Whenever somebody says schmooze, I always feel like we're having a conversation cheek to cheek looking outward at the camera. Like we're just talking like this, but we're just cheek to cheek. I I understand that schmoozing is not that, but ever since I was a child, I've always held that image of the word when when someone says it. And we're just cheek to cheek, just talking casually, looking at the camera <laughs> every time. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Please continue. It's well, not listen, you. It's not valid. And by the way, if anybody does want to shoot, if anyone wants to shoot, says that and holds me to it, I will absolutely go cheek to cheek. And we will talk at people and let them look at us. I absolutely will do that. Hold me to I'm it. I'm fine with it. Hold me to it. Nah, double down. Make it awkward. Listen, that's no more awkward or feral. I'll give a fuck. I'm just trying to avoid the. I'm just trying to avoid the gunman. That's it. That's, that's all I'm doing. I mean, we're out here doing stuff. Like human beings have lost their collective shit in a way that's terrifying and extremely amusing. So that's fine. Uh well, as long as you don't go into the water, we're all good. Wait. Oh, you mean with the orcas? Oh wait! I'm not, sorry, I'm, not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But I no, no, eat. other water. We'll we'll get to the orcas after the water. Let me <laughs> let me let me let me look stuff up. Oh, there's other water. Yeah, 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 yeah. You talking uh, about the what is talking, it? Musk water. Oh, you talking about that uh that submarine? Yeah, isn't that musks? Uh, no, the navigation. No, it's got nothing system. to do with them. Yeah, the, no, it's using it, the navigation system for us to keep track of it. It was using Spacelink to be kept track of. Um, the ship oh. itself was um, some proprietary nonsense from some proper guy who ran that company. Who was also down there, by the way, the CEO of whoever, whatever fucking company runs that shit. Those those horrifying yeah. trips. He's down there too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's a ship. That's a submarine. Uh, apparently controlled by a, a contra- game controller. <laughs> Not a game controller. <laughs> right and and um apparently professional actual engineers submarine sub submersible engineers are like this is gonna kill people don't do this and uh it was way back um 2018 where uh they were like please don't do this and uh as you know rich white men do persist and uh roped other people into taking a, a small vessel um, thirteen thousand feet under the water to observe the sunken remains of the Titanic, and the vessel is being controlled by not just a game controller, 
but something that a few of us actually had in the long distant past. What? A Logitech. A Logitech? F710 wireless gamepad. Oh, it's controlled by, it's not even wired, bro. What? Ain't even wired, dog. It wasn't even like, wired. Like, I, I glossed over that way. That wasn't even wired in the, bro. You controlling a submarine? You're not even wired to the console, bro. It's got, it's got the eight way D pad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make light of this, but, bro, if you told me that you cobbled together a vessel to go see the remnants of a Titanic, and you tell me that this vessel is being piloted by a bargain controller from 2004? Apparently, um, the uh, the actual crew like tasks were being handled by the actual billionaires. On they were taking um, turns handling some of the crew activities, like operating sonar and whatever. So, um, so I was telling Erica that this is where my layperson. Well, two things. As a layperson, every time I see a submarine, I see a movie about a submarine, and everyone's freaking out. The submarine takes forty dudes to keep that shit from freaking from from sinking or folding up. Yes. And all those 40 people are having a mental breakdown over the course of two hours. And then when you meet people who are actually on the submarines, they all tell you that it sucks. To a man, to a person, it sucks. So then why would you want to just take your happy ass and sit on a tiny sub controlled by a PlayStation controller? With um, that We don't know the situation with um, the pilot. At least, I don't know. Um, so it's a possibility that the CEO was actually the pilot. The certified controller of the sub was the CEO himself, which means that it's just a bunch of billionaires, a bunch of rich folks down there. And um, it's so morbid that I can't quite get my mind around rooting for their downfall, if that makes sense. It's so it's like it's frivolous and it's dumb. But I'm like, what's that? I was going to say, I remember just reading about this for the first time, and my initial thought, like right off the bat, before I even parsed what was going on, is rich people have too much money. Oh, yeah, no, they have too much money. Um, They have so much money that they can um, bypass common sense, which is why we say that they shouldn't have it. Um, If you feel like you need to observe the remains of the Titanic, you have skipped several hundred possible activities that would be more meaningful to you or those around you with your money. You've skipped several hundred activities, including just giving it to people, just going to Starbucks and paying everyone's tab and leaving twice a day. So They've also skipped the seminal 1997 film Titanic starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. And listen, the end of that movie should have been the complete and total discourager when it comes to going anywhere near the water, but going near the Titanic shipwreck, like the death of that wreck is insane. It's more than the Burj Khalifa. Right. Like I wouldn't even do that on a good day. Right. Um, so too much money to, to think that you can beat the water and the water. It's funny. I'd rather do something stupid in a plane than something stupid in the water. Because you have such a, you have a you have such a thin humans seem to do this thing where we don't understand the sky is one thing and space is one thing, water has such a thin margin of error that whatever the fuck happened it probably didn't take long for whatever the fuck fucked up to happen to this ship, and you can zig right. where you should have zagged for five minutes and now no one knows where you are on Earth. <laughs> 
and it takes you five minutes in a boat to in a, in a vessel under the water too far too long and now nobody has an idea where you are and they will they may never find you turn off your cell phone go thirteen thousand feet down make a left when you told them you were gonna make a right and turn off your cell phone and you're gone for literally ever <laughs> and when you keep that in mind again like i said this is where our common sense and it's probably because we're poors um prohibits us from doing things like taking a sub controlled by a old um hand-me-down wireless controller to go look at the I, remains of a sunken ship yes bacon i just can't fathom spending that so like spending so much money to potentially die that's the rush right you're, you're like you are that's like, the point of it like it's it's not even like And if, and it's not, it's not like a great way to go either. No, it's not. That was horrible. Like, Like, it's kind of one of the worst ways. Like, it's really not great. It's so horrible. This is absolutely horrible. It's so horrible, which is why I'm not actively, because like, you know, we always say eat the rich. And sometimes when fucked up people do fucked up things, we do in fact clap. Like Kevin Samuels. We all clapped. It was raw, raucously humorous. Great day on Twitter. Great day. Ra- amazing writing how he died. But <laughs> some things are so terrible that I don't want to. Erica brought up, I was like, I don't want to invite karma because of rooting for the um, unfortunate right. deaths of frivolous people. Like, this is unfortunate. If they don't find those people, that shit is unfortunate. And as I said before, they did a do- dumb thing. I'm not memorializing them. I'm just saying I'm going to avoid any karmic energy from rooting for this horrible death where you you take a sub to the Titanic and then also meet the same fate. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's also one of those like, huh, moments. I'm like, maybe you should just not fuck with the Titanic. Well, that's the thing. Like, we're, <laughs> we're talking about the Titanic here, but we're not we're not putting into perspective how bad this is by comparison to the other things they could have done like if for instance we're all on planet earth right now we're, we're both two feet down right we know what the worst things potentially that can happen to us while we're standing all right now you take to the sky we know quite a bit about all the bad things that can happen to in the sky you know like Maybe not quite at the space level, but, you know, in, in the mesosphere and stratosphere, et cetera, we know what's going on. The ocean, there are more unknowns than knowns. And what we do know is that the things that can kill you in the ocean may be the worst of anything that can kill you in, on planet Earth. Like, you got the pitch black darkness of even trying to go see the Titanic. Like, it's not light. It's not a Disney film. No. It is dark down there. Like, there is nothing you can do to, to make light other than have your own uh, vessel produce it. And then beyond that, there are creatures down there that we still have yet to meet yep. as a species. Right. So yeah, like- if you're not destroyed, say, like if, if you're not destroyed by the madness of the darkness or the creatures coming at you, then the crushing pressure will destroy you before you even realize it. There is so many terrible things down there. So I don't understand why anybody would want to make that trip. Right. 
And I think that that is um, where the money comes in to fuck you up. Because, again, three poor people ah, acknowledging the infinite void that is underneath the water with reverence and fear, as you should any void god, any god of the void or their realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess when you have enough money, you're like, fuck the void. And um, one, then the void can consume you very quietly and very tragically, very suddenly. Like we don't go deep enough. Does we go wandering underneath the water to look at the wreckage of other people who got consumed by the void? Just say maybe the void took that personally, but that's neither here nor there. That's where they got it fucked up. They thought it was SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> like you remember that episode where um, uh, SpongeBob took the bus and he ended up on the dark side. Yes. Yeah, that's what they thought it was. So, you know, like I said, I, I don't wish the worst on these folks, but if by some miracle they survive, I hope the big takeaway I'm is a, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. It's uh, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be positive. Nah, I, I'm trying to be positive. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not even saying this to just like be realistic. I'm like, we don't have the technology to find them. Yeah. Right. Like like the ocean. So like there there's a couple of different things here. So like if they're if air maintained in the sub mm-hmm. and it's 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 it, it stays intact, it's floating around. Right. It's 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 not it is moving around the ocean. Right. <laughs> so let, let if, me just state for the record. I preface this with the word miracle. Like, like I don't what's above a miracle? <laughs> <laughs> um if it's for I'm I'm sorry if this is like triggering anybody. Um for it if it implodes, it's debris on the ocean floor by the Titanic. Ish. It's in a debris field. Yes. So yeah. Sonar technology is the best we have. And even though sonar technology is greatly superior than like like it's it's definitely gotten a lot of massive increases over the years, right? Right. We do not have the technology to find them. Nope. We don't have the technology to find people find stuff at the bottom of Lake Michigan. But see, we're we're talking about this as people who kind of understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> and granted, we're we're not oceanographers. Like we don't really know the, everything about the ocean, but we know enough to know that we do not have the means mm. to really go down there as people. Like there are folks on Twitter saying, "Oh, um, did, can they send someone down there?" Nigga, you can send somebody down there. They're not coming back, though. Right. Like, that's not where we are. Yes. That, so, I mean, I, I, we, again, miracle. That's all we need. We we tell these stories about the ocean. And I realized we were talking about this with Justin a few weeks ago, um, that no one retained the actual messages from the media that they're consuming. We have a lot of stories about the dangers mm-hmm. of the ocean. Literally, Black Panther 2 was about a character who was controlled of the ocean. And when you control the ocean, you have control over huge swaths of the globe. 
instantly. You cannot be actually stopped if you control. Yes, they just cannot. You're, you, they cannot follow you, and you can emerge anywhere with a force that no one can fathom of things that no one understands and several things no one has seen. Again, we tell these stories all the time. Monsters, kaiju emerge from the oceans. There are mysterious things and aliens at the bottom. We've seen abyss. We've got Kukukan emerging from the depths, for God's sakes. We tell this story a lot, and no one retains this information. <laughs> Why? First lanternfish I ever saw, I said, I'm out. Yeah. Ain't take much. Like, they make those things down there? That's it. That's it? I don't know, but I guess, like I said, um, uh, we're too poor to understand. And uh, I'll own that. If a billionaire is listening to this and you want to be on the show and explain your position as to why you want to kind of disregard the enormity of the oceans, um, then I we will be all ears because I can't speak to the experience. And uh, I can see that point. I truly do. Hope they find those rich folks because I got questions. And if we... um do find them and we can get that netflix that netflix series going much faster than if we don't find them <laughs> so oh, ain't gonna be no netflix series oh yeah there will be Are you kidding me we are feral you kidding me <laughs> we on strike baby oh yeah oh yeah ain't nobody running ai's writing that the ai generated netflix documentary like <laughs> you know what it's you know, really bad. Like, like I don't. I haven't been keeping up with it lately. But like, they had to go on strike. No, they like the WGA didn't get even a counter offer. Right. There, there was no other option. Nah, it had to happen. It had to happen. And like, I don't know if they've gotten any offers as of yet, but I don't think so. Uh, it's still been pretty deadlocked. Last I checked. Right. There's like, there. I think they're just like, well, the writers will just come back. Like. No. Is the assumption that they're operating under? Because, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> like I said, um, shout outs to them. Then again, we don't need any. We don't need to watch nothing. Then. I take that back. I don't need to watch no new nothing. Support the writers. That's the full stop. We don't need. I don't need to watch shit. We gonna it's, be. It's truth. Right. So um, if I gotta wait ten more years for the next episode or next season of uh, Severance. I'll do it. It's fine. We got, um, to be clear, we have so much media. Nothing makes me happier than a delay to anything. Like, everyone kind of, when things get delayed, everyone starts murmuring about the overall quality of the project. I don't give a fuck. I love when I don't have to be held to do a thing, to purchase a thing or try a thing that's like on auto watch or auto buy, and it gets (laughs) pushed back eight months. Oh, thank God. Oh, I get to hammer away at this considerable backlog of literally everything a human being can consume for entertainment. It's true. I don't got even, that kind of time. Right. I don't understand how people are like bored or frustrated or uh, the way some folks talk about this is they've consumed all of it. And you know good and goddamn well you haven't. But that's neither here nor there. We have an actual show with actual topics. Bacon. We gave you ample time to prepare orca facts. Which I'm you- looking it up. I'm sorry. There's uh, also uh, like uh, a little bacon. bit of drama it's happening. Bacon. It's been 12 minutes. I I, I, I do bacon. have an article popping up. The yeah, I, I did I did Wait, get um I did get 
a lock pay, uh, paywall locked a few times. 12, but the wait. the the LA Times, which also needs to be paying their writers, um Twelve Foot Ladder still works. What? Uh Twelve Foot Ladder. Not on off. the Washington Post. Oh, damn. Yeah. They're on to us. Yeah, no, Twelve Foot Ladder doesn't work for a lot of the big ones anymore. Because yeah. people don't people don't shut up about it. That's true but, though. Like, listen, I'm like, okay, y'all, if you're gonna post something, please don't post it under the article with that has the paywall. <laughs> I see I that a lot. I'm just. You know I don't know if you're doing of... this intentionally, but do not reply <laughs> to the paywalled article with okay. how to get past the paywall. Oh, imagine. You know, you know what this reminds me of? What? Like, there's a, there's a very pertinent video game equivalent to this. This reminds <laughs> me of when someone creates or they're working on this amazing fan game for like years using a licensed property. But they keep posting about it. They just keep posting about it. They keep talking about just, it. I'm just like, I need you to stop. Just, just, and just and, and then up. people, and you know what? And then people get really weird. About, they're like, I can't believe that they're doing. I can't believe that they would do. This is this is just the worst. And I'm like, if y'all could keep your goddamn mouth shut. <sighs> we don't live in that world, though. I, I'm just like, people block their blessings. We live in a world where people thoughtlessly just keep blocking their blessings. Yeah. But the orcas, though. Listen, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, listen, you keep digging up those orca facts because we brought RD on here to shill for Street Fighter. So we're going to give you a longer, a bigger, <laughs> no, 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 fluffy, okay, 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 a fluffier I, I cushion. Really, it's too I late now. Really, it's too late. <laughs> No, really we're moving. We're shuffling. No, we're moving to Street jokes. Fighter Six. It we're was... moving along. I'm sorry. No. There's a ball. The ball's <laughs> on the ground. Who put it there? You, Ray. Ray Trains not making local sauce bacon. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta. We're gonna end. We're gonna have to wrap it up with orcas. Keep all those tabs I'm fine. open. Fine. Fine. We're Street Fighter. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I noticed something. Just before I came on the show, that's a pretty interesting fact. Um, I I know that you two are far more versed in the uh, finger quotes AAA gaming space than I am at this point. And I realized Street Fighter Six is the first AAA game that I've bought in roughly three years. And oh yeah, it I is, just, isn't it? Yeah, I just sat there and I was like. I really had not bought anything AAA. Like, I've been predominantly uh, in the indie space. You know, there's a lot of darlings that I enjoy, but nothing with a big budget behind it. And then I thought about that a little more, and the last AAA game that I bought before Street Fighter VI was Mortal Kombat 11. Wow. Yeah. So it's a fighting game that begot a fighting game. <laughs> I mean, I Bro, this is where I'm at now. I mean, you know what's funny, and I'll say this is I I feel the same way. I don't buy as many AAA games. Like I buy less and less. I used to buy a bunch of them, but now I buy less and less as I get older. 
So I totally yeah. get it. Like I just infinitely play more double A and more infinitely more indie games. Like I maintain that that is you can always tell someone who does play indie games versus someone who doesn't because they're having more fun playing video games. Exactly. <laughs> you can always <laughs> tell the difference. You know the wild thing is though, it's like um even though the game is fun and uh you know, I, I have no no regrets about it. Um I buy the triple A game and I go has Capcom done anything shitty lately? Well, I feel bad about buying this. Oh, bro. That's I realize that's a struggle for a lot of people. Oh, bro. That is, listen, dude. That is the elite. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie that I, I, it's not as much of a struggle, but I'm drowning. Oh, Please you, you play Final Fantasy. I know you drowning. I'm going to throw you a life raft. Please. Uh, Listen, the, the thing about it is that um, I, I've had Capcom around for pretty much my entire life at this point, and I've seen how bad they have gotten over the years, and it feels very tame to think about the low points of that company compared to the things that we're seeing now. Like, as bad as Capcom has been in some instances, especially during aughts, um... Ain't nothing close to Yoshi P saying that black people shouldn't be bruh. in Final Fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Bruh, like, he, he, bruh, said, he said it twice. Bruh, bruh. It's never bruh, been they, that bad. They got, they, got, they got this man out here telling white supremacist talking points, and I I lost my shit. I, I am. Ain't no, no Final Fantasy player in the world is more salty than I am about 16. But here's another <laughs> thing about Final Fantasy as well. Um, the reason why there's such a huge gap between me playing Street Fighter 6 and me playing Mortal Kombat 11 is because of time. With fighting games, I can get in and get out. You know, I'm not committed. If you're playing Final Fantasy, you're committed. You got to sit there. You got to read the articles. You got to hear the interviews of this man pretty much saying no niggas. You know what the worst part was? I'm not an interview reader. Oh, you heard it secondhand. Well, so like it it's well, here's here's a couple things. So like I'm a person, so like I, I genuinely don't I I have my tastes are really curated, right? And I, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm very much know what I like. And so I've and I'm also really good at like pattern recognition and like reading summaries and buzzwords I can tell without watching a trailer if I'm going to enjoy a game or not so like I can read all of the information that gets put out from like about a game without any spoiler content whatsoever and and just look at a few pictures and know if I'm going to enjoy the game or not um I have only been steered wrong like once it was huh. a great betrayal of Destiny 2. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, w- I wish I, I wish I had. Because like, the, the thing about it is, is I wish. Because I knew it wasn't going to be fantastic. But I had made peace with it. And I wish. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to yuck anybody's yum. Like I like the game. But I knew it wasn't going to be that. Because they, they had flipped the teams. So whoever was handling Destiny 2 was not who handled Destiny 1. 
and i went and i yeah and i was like this is gonna be weird and lo and behold it was very strange and then everyone fled and i was like this is fair that's why i didn't say anything. i I was like i had i had concerns from the beta right i remember i remember we were talking about it and i was just like "Hmm." okay so yeah but what happened was is like you know when you're scrolling through the twitters right or or you're scrolling through like you know you've got like you got your and for my in my case it's feebly and i got like all the news sources and then like i see a thing and i go oh oh no then i have to go in and i have to read it yep and i i first off i have to go and i have to i see the thing i have to go look to see who wrote the thing because it actually that matters it does matter i have to see where the thing is written from because that also matters. And then I'm and then I look through and I like and then I look through all the I skim through the the interview questions. And so like I've got I've got like I've got like a checklist for that. And I went through and I read that whole I read both interviews in detail and I was just like well, it's over for me. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um when it comes to this stuff, um games journalism is a strange beast for me now. Especially now that I have friends who do it for a living. And uh, I tell them the same thing whenever I get the chance to talk to them. And it's, I, I love that you're doing this work. I'm, I kind of don't care when you make an article. And the reason I say that is because I'm more interested in what the developers are saying. Right? Like, in, in some ways, games journalists, they can become celebrities in a way. And it kind of obscures the like the message that a developer might want to get out. And I like hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. And in this regard, I'm not a Final Fantasy player. So when that article came out, I didn't find it too hard to believe because I've seen Final Fantasy. Oh, And yeah. I kind of know what it's about. You know it, what I mean? It it wasn't the hard to believe part. Like that wasn't yeah. it. Cause like and I said this before, like I'm not new here. Right. I, I know what I'm getting into. It was the bullshit that got me. But it's it's what it is. Like, like you know like it was it was the digging deep into like known bullshit, like again, talking points bullshit. That I was just like, and then, you know, that the response to it, because there was a follow-up interview, right? There's the follow-up interview was just as bad. So here's the thing. Like, I feel like I've given this guy too much of my time. Like, instead of him, like, as an example of how not to do things, I want to talk about an example that is the opposite of Yoshi P. And that is, shout outs to Takayuki Nakayama and Shuhei Matsumoto. Hell yeah. Two producers of Street Fighter Six, because they had the total opposite energy of Yoshi P in regards to black people in video games. They went through so much research, so much extra mileage, so much asking, so much actual, like, development to produce something that was not pastiche you know like street fighter 6 is a um, aesthetic 
if you've seen the game, if you played the game, is extremely urban and by extension, extremely black. So the thing about it is that these developers exist and it makes people like Yoshi P look a lot worse because they're both from the same country. So it's not even like you have an excuse even. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie, and this isn't even like a defense on him. Like he's just the producer. Like hey, but Nakayama and Masamoto are also the producers. Like, like, like just the but so I know I know who the director is of the game, the lead writer and the character designer. Mm-hmm. It was all like I went this was a team effort. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, no, what I'm saying is that it it goes the other way too. Yeah, you know, yeah like it, it goes the it, other way too. Yeah, it was just like, hmm. But like, you know, are they all guilty? They, they, they all guilty. <laughs> they all like, guilty. It's, it's it's even worse because like in 14, like they they wrote into 14 why the reasons that they gave were bullshit. Yeah, and that's one of those things then because yeah. I, I, I can't be too. I can't be too like disappointed because I don't have a personal investment in it. Like I said, um, uh, those yeah. games take a lot of time, and I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, which is no. why, like, if a fighting game disappoints me, I can just leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I haven't invested enough time for me to be like, oh man, I don't want to ever touch this or play this again. I'd be like, oh, I wasn't that invested in the first place? Bye. Oh yeah, no. For 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 me, the time investment's not an issue. I I can I can I can I can drop a game. That's I don't mind it. I know a lot of people have that because they're also like I spent X amount of money, I put X amount of time in it. I don't I don't have that. Yeah, I mean like it it's it exists. That's my thing cuz I'm not going to say that uh I haven't invested a lot of time in something I ended up hating because Overwatch was a big one for me. Yo, Overwatch like, was also a big one for me. I played Overwatch almost religiously when it came out and it was kind of the filler that I needed because I didn't have a lot of FPS at that point. You know, there was a oh, lot yeah. of uh, kind of, it's kind of a drought between the last time I was really into FPS and now, cause I skipped out on the whole Halo thing. I was more of an unreal guy. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, an arena shooter guy. So that happened. And then Overwatch came out and I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. I think the character designs are interesting. I think the gameplay looks fun. Let's go for it. And before I knew it, I was a few years in. And then Blizzard made some very public fuck ups. And I said, you know what? I'm out. It didn't take that long. But I understand if people invest a lot and then they don't want to get out. Yeah, for for me with like Overwatch, um, well, one I like I've just been aware of Blizzard's fuck ups since forever because they just keep happening. Like if you if you follow Blizzard's trail, there's just like a never ending trail of fuck ups from like from before they were eaten by Activision. So like there's the and we talked about this before. There's that idea that Activision is the problem, and I'm like, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is the thing though. The good news about all of this is that there's so much choice. You're not beholden to this type of We stuff. have and so many games already. So now what I'm doing instead of uh looking forward to Final Fantasy 16, I am doing what Aaron's been trying to make me do for years. 
What that is? is? And I'm dedicating myself to Alan Wake. Oh. So that I'm 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 ready for the new game. Okay. Before I go down this trail. <laughs> before I go down this trail, because because Aaron already knows. Before I go down this trail, I'm here for it. I, I just want I just want to get this uh, point in because there's going to be a lot of games releasing at the back end of the year. So right now we have a game out that's sold that sold a million copies in a matter of days. The best game being Street Fighter Six. The best game. And I want to point that out because for a fighting game, that is goddamn remarkable in 2020. Yes, it is. Goddamn remarkable. And I've like, they did such good marketing with it, by the way. Selena Vega was in a Royal Rumble. Dressed as Jerry. Yes. That happened. Yes. Was it a fever dream? No. Like the marketing was incredible. They, 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 the first thing that, one of the first things that they had released on it was, by the way, this is the character creator and you can make black people. The default character is black. The, the default character is black. Like, that they, was an inspired decision. They, 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 and they made sure that was like one of the early, like first things they showed in early, early marketing. So. Here's the thing too, and I know there, Aaron would probably uh was, would probably was, agree with this. Um there is no better time to play a game like this than now when it releases. Because for everything Bacon just said, um it's tenfold when it's a fresh game and there's so many people on that you can see what these uh tools are truly capable of. Like you've seen the creations in this game, Bacon. I have. We got Cronenbergs and we have masterpieces. And then there's everything in between. Now, I, I can say this definitively, the best time to play a fighting game is when it comes out. And part of that is because overall, like as a genre, fighting games don't release often. Like you can have a like again, back to Final Fantasy. You can have Final Fantasy like every couple of years, maybe two, three years. You can have a a Last of Us every couple of years, and et cetera, et cetera. But Street Fighter Five came out in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, or 2016. Right. So like, you had to wait nearly a decade for the next one, and before that, it was the same deal with Street Fighter Four. Like they just don't release often. So when they come out. It's a bit of a celebration, mm-hmm. and it's always a chance for people who have been interested, kind of at the doorstep, to get in and play with other people who are interested before the sharks even come up. But the curious thing about this game, and I keep bringing up this point for a reason, is that it's sold millions, and there are even more people who've never played a fighting game, I think, who bought this game more than people who do play fighting games. Because you don't get that number catering to just the diehards. And if that's not like a testament to how well not only did they sell this game, but how well every step has gone aside from the initial leak, then I don't know what is. Like, I'll give you a a personal example. Um, I've been playing World Tour, which is the uh, single player mode. And 
in doing so, I've had a spectator right behind me being my girlfriend. And she does not play fighting games. In fact, she doesn't even care about the genre at all. I'm about 20 hours into World Tour, you know, she tells me. I'm kind of interested. I want to play it. Never happened before. Never happened. That's really dope. And we see that with a lot of people we know, right? Like, oh, I'm getting Street Fighter. Like, even when Bacon mentioned that uh, they were interested in Street Fighter, I was like, wait, Bacon is buying Street Fighter straight up. No coercion. And I'm like, yo, this game is real. Remember what I just said, like, earlier, where, like, I can look at things and I know if I'll like it or not? Yep. It passed the Bacon test. It, it it passed the Megan test, and I don't even think I'm that picky necessarily, but Aaron disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you think you're not picky. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of weird. I said I'm not <laughs> that. The, no, the word that you are doing you are thing. no you're, it's, you don't don't it's, it's gonna, <laughs> you're, you're as picky as i am bacon yeah it's gonna pull it's gonna dislocate a shoulder <laughs> don't put all that pressure on the word that please like it deserves better <laughs> um yeah you're very picky and there's then there's nothing wrong with that you should be picky don't become like i said i've gone the other way i I um bacon told me years ago to have fun while I was playing and um bacon helped me unlock around 11 genres of game that I liked that I wasn't paying attention to because I was being a little shit when I was younger so now I'm buying every game that's below eight dollars and they because they will always sell you the same game five dollars less every six months I can't help at some point they will get to the price point remember when you were younger and you would always say that oh I'll buy it at 20 bucks and you know good and goddamn well it wouldn't get to 20 bucks for like seven years yeah. <laughs> and now games go down $5 every 10 months. 75% <laughs> off next month. Right. Watch. Right. <laughs> so now you say these numbers and I still have the old thing where I actually hold myself to the number and I'll say it. I get, I'll get it when it's, you know, around $8.99. And then four months later, over some fucking summer sale, it's $8.99. And you're like, fuck. And you keep put, putting <laughs> a number lower and it still goes down. Sometimes you see the game is like four. There was some game. It's a game called Phantom Doctrines, a spy, XCOM type game. 40 bucks. I said, I'm not paying 40 bucks for this. I'll wait till it's $5. It's $3.99. Why? It went down from 40 to four. Yeah, what? that reminds me. There's a Nintendo Switch game I need to cop. It was like $15 and now it's $1.99. What's it called? I can't remember of it, but it's on my wish list, so it's not even hard for me to find. All right, take a look. Um, uh, RD, please continue. I apologize for the aside, but I just remember how this is just. I'm bacon is picky. No, no. I've got. I've lost my. I've become in I, my indie game addiction is a serious problem that will require family and friends okay, to intervene. So, I, I don't. I don't want to shame you at all, Aaron, because I'm the same way. Like I'm what my my Steam account says. I had Steam for like freaking sixteen years at this point. That's where I've been the past 16 years. Right. Just knee deep in right. indie games. And the thing about and it, if you remember, fun. Do you, and you know what also I'll say this, uh, you, I remember when games were $100. Oh, yeah. Like when you go to Toys R Us and those Super Nintendo cartridges and those little tickets at $99.99, full stop. And if they were on sale, they were $89.99. I yep. remember the struggle of my mom going to buy me two games for Christmas, which are two damn near ran, ran her three hundred dollars for two games mm-hmm. so now when games come through new games fifteen dollars say less and as a result there i buy so many of them because i did i just can't forget where i came from so much that this is just like a golden age 
that, you know, and then you'll talk to people who play only AAA games who whinge about there not being enough games to play. And I'm sitting there literally drowning in indie games. I cannot go to an eShop without finding some indie game either on sale or something that I've never heard of that I just Googled and happened so happened to like. And, um, right. or, or some indie game made by someone who likes something I like, like some developers who really like Castlevania. Right. That was that was bloodstained for me. Right. Like that's that's the thing. Like I got out of AAA games namely because they weren't serving the interest that I had in terms of the genres that I really enjoyed. Right. You know, like beat 'em ups, uh, platforming, like Metroidvania is now they're back in vogue. But there was a long time mm-hmm. where there was nothing offered in those genres. And that was rough. So I think that actually made me get into fighting games even more. Right. Because that was consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 beta this here's the thing like um street fighter is full price you know like that's the most i pay for a game in a very long time and when a fighting game comes out i always have to think about whether or not i really want to buy this because it can always devolve into me just playing kind of by myself because no one else plays it right or it can be a 70 dollars something purchase and all you get is online and training mode and i will never pay that type of money for that type of offering yeah. ever again because i've done it before after street fighter 6 and the beta was what sold me actually like for full disclosure i was in both uh, closed betas and it was impressive from the jump usually a beta is like oh i can see how it can get better right but this one was oh i know what the full product is going to give me it's like bacon says uh you can see immediately whether or not something's going to be worth your time and this was worth my time immediately. Like, the modern controls, for example, the thing that got so many people to buy the game, like, I had no interest in modern controls, honestly, because I had to rewire my brain to make them work because I've been playing fighting in a certain way for so many years. Right. But reading how they were designed and the audience they had in mind, I thought this was the most brilliant thing anybody has ever come up with in the space since probably six buttons on the on the controller. Um, and do you yeah. have a second to go over what modern controls are just for people listening so they yeah, can definitely. Uh, so the reason why fighting games are really difficult for a lot of people to get into is because there are what we call motions where you don't have an X button to jump. You don't have a single button to perform something incredible like the cool stuff you see in a screenshot or a clip. Right. You have to perform very unique uh, inputs. So say uh, you have an analog stick. When you put that analog stick down, it usually means you're walking backwards, right? In a fighting game, you put that analog stick down, it means your character is crouching. You move that to the right, it means they're walking to the right. You move it up, it means they're jumping. Like, these are concepts that most people can't fathom because no other genre really does that. So what ended up happening is that uh, when fighting games were designed, the um, the inputs that were used are what we call quarter circles, for example. Um, you start at the bottom, and then you roll the stick or the D-pad to the left or to the right, and then you press a button. So that's three more points of engagement than the average gamer already has. Mm-hmm. And it's rough for people who may, like, 
have issues with memory mm-hmm. or just it's an accessibility issue like yeah. straight up it's also it's also a really unique like i realize this now where if you play a lot of fighting games it translates back into other games but if you don't play fighting games having to do like complex motions exactly. are come wildly far into someone who doesn't play fighting games exactly and that's why classic controls the opposite of modern controls which i'm about to explain uh stand the test of time as in like folks who played original fighting games from way back when and now they've retained that muscle memory that information and they apply it to other games where modern comes in is that that barrier of entry that folks did not have for so many years is officially obliterated because the emotions that you needed to input in order to do a special move can now be mapped to a single button combination being you press a button and you press a direction and then boom move comes out cool thing happens Mm. like you don't have to watch people do the cool thing anymore because you can do it yourself you want to do a combo you don't have to memorize a bunch of combinations of button and button and button and button and button no you can simply hold one button and then keep pressing another button and it'll give you a combo and it works in a way that can get people involved and Everybody I've seen who's tried Street Fighter Six for the first time, who are basically trying fighting games for the first time, who jumped on modern controls, the number one piece of feedback they'll give you is, now I can play the game. I've been unable to play the game for so many years. I liked fighting games aesthetically. Like, I like the characters. I like the environments. I love the music. But I can't play them to save my life. How many times have you heard I'm trash at fighting games? Literally I mean, every single time. Every day every, from everyone. Every time. Except for like, like specifically people like you. <laughs> like <Right. every> nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's true. And like the thing about it is that modern controls, there there are outliers. Because if I have one point of criticism at the fighting game community is that they're not very welcoming to newcomers. And no. modern controls are basically being treated as training wheels by some players and as a incredible advantage for others. And to the, to the former, I say it's a really strange thing. Cause now you're saying that you don't want more competition. Yep. Like it, the whole point of fighting games is competition. And if more people could actually play the game, then you get more competition. And I think modern controls were brilliantly designed so that the people who not only could not access the game can play it, but they can also find their own resolve to get better if they want to. Like, they can learn at their own pace, because this is a new thing for everyone. There is no precedent for this. You know, so it's a really interesting time because not only are you getting a pretty well-designed control scheme, but you're getting a pretty well-designed control scheme and a pretty well-designed game that makes you want to keep coming back. You don't have to fight other people. You can play in World Tour and learn from there. There are mechanisms in that mode, which is a single-player mode that allows you to um, basically travel the world and fight in in a really, uh, I'll call it fight world, in a really unrealistic environment, but it's fun as hell because everybody fights, even old ladies. It's great. Even, even boxes. Refrigerators and refrigerators. Roombas will fight you. Roombas, Roombas are overdue. Roombas have been getting abused by gamers for years now. It's about time a Roomba squared up and settled mm-hmm. and squared, just squared up, just to settle, just to let you know that they all won't. 
they all won't be treated. They all won't be disrespected like their ancestors. They won't. Ah, like like that doorman who's one watch away from retirement. He'll square it with you too. You can fight anybody in that mode, and it's incredible because it keeps you engaged. It keeps you fighting. And anybody who plays fighting games at a, a even nominally decent level can tell you that the best way to get better is to keep fighting. And World Tour keeps you fighting. And I think that's amazing because not only are you engaging with the core game, but there's so many other things to do in that mode. Like, say you got to make a pizza. You can't just make a pizza as if you were in any other game. It's very specific. You can do one of those classic hard-ass motions that you were unable to do disguise as a mini game because that's how you make the pizza why has no one thought about that before you know you want to do a quarter circle forward you do a quarter circle forward to make the pizza and it gamifies learning which is always the best way to do it absolutely. in my opinion absolutely no it is it, you keep the people engaged they will learn right and it it's the thing is that it took so long for us to get here like, that's one of the big things that if you've been playing video games for a very long time, maybe 30 years, probably older than most people playing games now, you understand just how long it took to get to this point because there were no entry points for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like, if it wasn't the player's gatekeeping, it was the designer's gatekeeping. Like, they <laughs> would not design anything that was new, that was new player friendly. And... It's a very different thing starting in 2023 as opposed to starting in the 90s. Like, people ask me all the time, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I'm not the best fighting game player in the world, but I'm pretty decent, right? And people ask me, how do you get so good? And I'll say, um, I started in the 90s. I got lucky. This is true. Be because, Aaron, like, you were there. Oh, no, the only no. thing we had to worry about. Oh, go on. The only thing, yeah, the only thing we had to worry about were fundamentals and simple special moves. There were no supers. There were no meters. There were no like wild mechanics. It was just the basics. Hit well, these well, buttons. Also, there were mm -hmm. no, there was no cottage industry around the information around the game. You learned you learned uh, pretty much um, at the same pace as everyone. Everyone else. There was no frame data. There was none of that stuff. There was no lab, so someone couldn't go home and know and four, and 40 times as much as you and then come back and bludgeon you with it. You all knew what you knew. Right. And, right. Uh, you knew what you knew. And it carried you so far because there was also not that many fighting games. You know, like if you had a game, there was a lot of Street Fighter 2s, absolutely, <laughs> but... <laughs> as there a genre. So, that, that, I swear to God, that's like the biggest joke. Just like... Oh, they deserved it. Just street, <laughs> they'd be like, like when Street Fighter Three came out. I'm like, what do you mean there wasn't? A, this is the first Street Fighter Three. What about the other like actually threes? Uh, All man. like thirty of them. But that's the thing too. It's like, and and the drama that was born from the arcade. There's another thing that I think gets underrated quite a bit when it comes to uh, new players learning how to really navigate the genre, and that is losing. Like, when you play online, when you're getting into this stuff in 2023, you can lose in, like, the comfort of your own home, however you want to take that loss. Whereas, uh, if you're in the arcade, like, you can't flip out on people. You kind of learn sportsmanship, or else someone's going to beat you up, for real. <laughs> you know? So, like, 
even me, like as a, as a kid, you know, playing, I, I lost a lot. You know, that's how you get there. You got to get your ass kicked quite a bit. And every time it was a very sportsmanlike environment because everyone was having fun. You know, it wasn't that serious. Like we didn't care about frame data and stuff because it didn't exist. It was just this cool guy whose leg can become a chainsaw is who I want to play. And you know what? I played that guy whose leg became a chainsaw. It was great. It's from Dark Suckers, right? Yep. Lord Raptor. Yeah, that's yes, it. I forgot sir. his name. There we go. And you know, Mortal Kombat, same way. Like, yo, this dude freezes people. I'm gonna play him. You know, like there was no strategic reason for me to want to click these characters. I just thought they were cool. Yeah. And that's what everybody thought. It's true. And the thing about it is that uh you, you lose a lot when you don't know this type of stuff. And the better you handle it, the better you get. And um, I'm going to pull up a, just a quick comment here because I think this is, encapsulates how Street Fighter Six is hitting a lot of people who've never played fighting games before. And I, forgive me, I forget who it comes from, but this comment says, uh, I love SF6 because I can play against someone at a cabinet and find out that they are diamond rank afterwards and feel really good about every game I was able to hold my own against them as a low gold player. Even if I lose 9 out of 10 matches against them, it's motivating to know those ranks aren't completely out of reach. And this is from a player who was playing on modern controls. Like, I've never seen that before. In the decades I've spent in this genre, I've never seen that before. And I think that's really uh, important for folks who want to get into it. So whenever you two get a shot, I'm just curious to see how you approach the game. Because there are people who go straight into online, and there are people who go straight into World Tour, and yet they all meet in the middle at the Battle Hub. So, you know, I, I just want to see how it turns out because this game's going to be around for a while and I can't wait to see how it not just pushes the genre forward, but how it pushes players forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually like really excited about it. I just haven't, I just haven't had that Street Fighter funds because life, but like the more I see, like the more I see, like the more I want to play it. Like even, even if I don't like do like, the online competitive part of it like there's still a solid solo play like quite that you can really get into like there's like it's very like it's probably one of the deepest solo play um games like fighting games i have seen for a very long time it's actually one of the reasons i've always really liked soul caliber specifically because soul caliber has has always had like a pretty grindy um kind of like if you like you can just play this game by yourself uh sort of mode mm-hmm. um and a, a, as well as the random fucking nonsense of soul caliber um and i am always drawn to nonsense <laughs> but like street fighter one embracing nonsense but embracing accessibility and just also being geared for both uh new players and old players, I they they did just like a really solid job. And on that note, um, I just want to bring up just this one quick point because uh, I think it was just a few days ago, Aaron. I mentioned to you that uh, World Tour kind of feels like Final Fight 
yeah. if it was interpreted in 2023. And for those of you who don't know, Final Fight is a uh, old Capcom arcade game that predates Street Fighter 2, actually. And it is a beat-em-up. Where I you just fuck out of Final Fight. Right. Like there's, there's you an just, anime of Final Fight. <laughs> listen, like you just walk around, you hit people, and then you move on to the next stage. That's Final Fight, baby. Like it's not that complicated, awesome. right? So the streets were them, the streets were so messy that the mayor had to take off his button down and start dunking people on their hands. So could you imagine Eric Adams doing that? No. 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 And the, the thing about it is that like that game is the reason why we have Street Fighter Six, to a degree. Because for those of you who don't know, Final Fight's working title was Street Fighter '89. It was meant to be the sequel to the first game. Mm-hmm. So they were always linked. Like this isn't a new thing. And so to see that come together, especially for longtime fans in World Tour, I can say having almost uh, sixty hours into World Tour at this point, it is worth the effort you are rewarded for that time and all the locales are there if you're familiar with the game all the all the bosses you may be wondering what they're doing in 2023 you'll find out you know like there's so much there just for folks who've been paying attention that long but there's also stuff there for folks who haven't because they've gone out of their way to kind of catch you up if you haven't Me. been following these games they've gone Me. out of their way so when they can get the chance to play like it's all going to be there. We're going to have very uh, pointed and in-depth conversations about Abigail Scrapyard somehow working next to the river. <laughs> like we're we're we're, we're going to have that conversation, and it's not going to be because we were both there in like the the, the early nineties or something, just throwing in quarters in the same machine. It's going to be because this game actually managed to do the homework, which is I, what fighting games don't do. <laughs> no, I love that. I really love that they went they basically went like, what are all the things that people say that like fighting games don't need? And then go and went, but what if they're wrong? Yep. Can we prove them wrong? And they did. And it turns out like all that shit that people have been like, no, we can't have this because it would ruin X, Y, and Z. It was just like, no, it's great. Like this is this is what's needed to one bring like fresh people in, but also make it more sustainable. Absolutely, you know, folks, because like you know, when when a fighting game comes out, like you know, people will pick it up, even people who are interested. But it's really easily easy to get discouraged. Uh It's like super easy to get discouraged, and then like even like even vets, like a lot of them just put it down after like a month. It's true. The the most destructive force in a group of people playing a fighting game is the one friend that gets really good first. Y'all, listen. That is the most destructive force in a group of people. <laughs> like, if you ever want to see a group of, like, six people buying a fighting game and splinter off into separate factions like the NWO, is when one person literally sits there and learns the frame data and learns all the, and learns all the properties first. And even if they want to teach it, some folks on the bottom end don't necessarily want to get kicked in all in the chest and beat about the head and shoulders over and over again while they do this. So, yeah, having lots of people to play, creating an atmosphere where people are excited to play the game um, mechanically. All the mechanics are at everyone's fingertips at the same time. Keeps everyone engaged mm-hmm. is an achievement. Like It really is. 
So, you know what's really odd about that? Now that I hear you mention it, um, frame data again is a strange thing because, like we said earlier, it didn't exist for the most part. Like we knew it was there, but in the public consciousness, like it wasn't a thing. No one cared. And today, even in 2023, I still don't give a fuck about frame data. And like, you know, there's somebody listening who probably clutched their pearls like, oh, how do you play fighting games if you don't know about frame data? Easily. I just played a game. You know? <laughs> whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say that too loud, buddy. Like, no, <laughs> you, it's just true. Said, you just said you just play the game. Well, it's true. I how just can you be so unserious? Nah, I'm terribly unserious. That's why I have diamond ranks. You know, you're, like you're, you're griefing. You're griefing. Nah, it, it's true because it's also because I'm from a school of like fighting game players, like the initial school, I guess, where uh, we just didn't care. And the thing about getting uh, the least bit decent is that there's no scientific way to do it. There's, like there's you really have to just play the game. It's experience. You're like, saying the, the things that nature. people don't like. You're saying the thing that people don't like. No, you, 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 no I, I, I'm, I'm going to go off for a little bit. You know why? Because let me tell you, as an artist, like one of the worst things I had to experience this year is like the rise of AI. Yo, my and, guy. Like, listen, like people will sit there until they're blue in the face and tell you that AI is the future. And I'm just going to sit here and say, like, you'll never be as good as anybody who's practiced. And it's the same thing with fighting games. Like, you want to get good quick, but you can't. You have to put the work in. You got to put the proverbial thousand hours in. And that'll get you in the front door. But you have to be interested in order to put a thousand hours in. You know? Like, if you're not interested, like, there's nothing you can do about that. There's literally nothing. Right. And I think that's where this game is exceeding. It keeps people interested by just offering variety. You know? So... Listen, you, you'll never be fucking Daigo or Justin Wong, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the span of a year. No. But you can be the first you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always be the first you. They can never take that away from you. And as long as you go at your own pace, then this will not only be the one fighting game that's accessible to you. There will be others that will come through, and you can transfer these skills over there as well. Like, it's not just a genre like many other video games that we play. It's a, it, it's an institution at this point. Like, there are so many people who play so many other genres, and they know these things exist, but they never got a chance to play. And now the, the floodgates are open. There's no excuse. Do you think that, like, other, um, other uh, studios will pick up? I think they have to. Right. I don't think it's a choice anymore. They're under like, their gun. You, you can't have a Street Fighter Six come out and then offer what they just evolved from. You know, like Tekken 7 and Mortal Kombat 1 are on the way. Oh, excuse me, Tekken 8 and Mortal Kombat 1 are on the way. If Tekken 8 comes out with just a bare bones ass like story mode with an arcade ladder a uh, online mode and a grid practice area people are gonna not play Tekken 9 <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I mean I ain't gonna lie to you I get the feeling they're gonna do that I I mean I, I don't, I don't I'm not gonna lie I don't are. expect I don't I don't expect nothing I expect well 
the game's been in development so long mm-hmm. that I think it's just going to. But they haven't like spoken about it. Right, but it's, it, it isn't their way. Like, we know Mortal Kombat 1, for example, is going to have all manner of frivolous Mortal Kombat bullshit that's amusing on it because that's what they do. And that's what they've always done. So, yeah, no, matter what what, do. no matter what, no matter what, no matter what Street Fighter 6 does, like, because all these games are coming out this year. So, it's yeah. like Mortal Kombat was going to do what it does. Um, but, Set in stone. Right. Tekken is also going to do what it does. And uh, Tekken um, has a lot of fun with everyone who plays, but it also doesn't care. If you don't want to learn it, doesn't care. You know what so. this is? Um, another historical parallel here. Um, you, you guys know that um, Street Fighter Two only revolutionized fighting games by just the smallest of margins, right? Yes. And that's because uh, Street Fighter One, the uh, person who created it, uh, Takeshi Nishiyama, uh, went over to SNK, and while Street Fighter Two was in development. Fatal Fury was also in development, but Street Fighter 2 came out first. And when Street Fighter 2 came out first, the people who worked on Fatal Fury were more likely going, oh, shit, we didn't know they were working on that. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And now we have a similar situation here where the three major franchises were all coming out with new games. They were all in development at the same time. And I assure you, Harada, the Tekken uh, director, was probably shitting his pants when World Tour Mode got announced. You know, like they did not see that shit coming. No, i I think they're. I think they might try to add something on, but like it's so late in development. Yeah, it's not. It wouldn't hit just just plug and play. No, World World Tour is a developed game mode. Like it's developed. It's an entire video game. Right. Like if you play the if you play the mode, it's not. It's it's a disservice to call it a mode. It's Mm. a full functioning video game inside the fighting game we all expected. And I I know I know that all the listeners who are like into kink are probably giggling, but like there's a specific reason I called it solo play. Mm. <laughs> like I, I wasn't calling it a mode. <laughs> I was like, you can you can just play that by yourself. You don't ever have to go into competitive. It's true. Like you, you can just you, play that you, by yourself. You can just you can sink forever hours into into world tour. And that's and, deliberate. Um, yes, and that because, that is amazing. I'll say that's deliberate because the designers, like I've followed, you know, like game development stuff is just like drugs to me almost. Like I'll I'll listen to every interview, I'll look at every concept art and everything. And these guys were intent, as in like the producers of Street Fighter Six, intent on turning the competitive stuff into end game. Like they don't want you doing that out of the gate. What they want you to do is play World Tour first, and if you get if you get like uh, enamored with World Tour and you don't want to do anything else, that's fine, because they designed it that way. They said if you are done with World Tour, if you want to go to the true end game, you can fight other people. It's not the focus of the game, and I think that's brilliant, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are another reason they're afraid to get into fighting games is because they have to fight other people. A lot of games don't give you the choice to do anything else because they're so content poor, you know? So now that you have that option, it doesn't feel like a big stretch to jump into the ladder. You could just not jump into that at all. But if you do, you'll be more than prepared. 
And I think that is the biggest accomplishment you can possibly develop in the history of the genre to make new people not only care, but be prepared for what lies ahead. Because world tour, I won't, I won't like sugarcoat it for you. It, it will get a little harder going on, but by the time you realize that it's gotten a little more challenging, you will likely be a full fledged fighter. They spare no expense make no stops and keep you engaged well enough so you can just go ahead and interact with it at your own pace, but also learn at your own pace. And like we said, uh, if if this is the way fighting games are going forward, other franchises are in deep shit because they likely did not see this one coming. Yeah, honestly, this probably like because Mortal Kombat's gonna do Mortal Kombat bullshit, but Mortal Kombat's always done Mortal right. Kombat bu- bullshit. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like the more out of the interactive fighting games at the moment is just gonna be those two. Those are gonna be the ones that stick. Yeah. Um, um, and then whatever comes out later, it whatever's planned out coming out later, they're they're going to have to prep for that because mm-hmm. folks are gonna fall off Tekken. Right. There's just not there's just not enough to stay engaged. Also, just real quick observation. Um of those three games, Tekken is the hardest. It's uh, really unfriendly. Yeah. Like it's hard to play, man. Like I've been playing Tekken my entire life and I'm still not like amazing at it. Cause it's tough. I play one character, bro, and I go about my business. I play King. That's it. It's unfriendly. Right. Um, I never, I never have whatever dream of um, inviting someone to play. I've been playing Tekken since it came out. Like whenever it appeared in arcades, in that really dry arcade with the yellow thing, that just a Tekken in like block letters. <laughs> <laughs> Ninety four, baby. <laughs> right. I've been playing it since then, and there is. And I say this: the more I play it, the more comfortable I am with playing because it's now almost a thirty year old game franchise. And I'm like, I'm comfortable playing. It. I'm like, there is no way. That anyone else is going to be able to play this with me out of nowhere, no chance. Right, and Slap. no I love way. You. It's not happening. Right, and uh, uh, right, and I kind of, <laughs> and, and, and I think it's time. It's why I like Soul Calibur so much because people see Soul Calibur, and by the way, it, it sounds like the modern control scheme is cl- it kind of nudges it closer to Soul Calibur, and Soul Calibur had a very logical control scheme. If you ever like, like a vertical slash and down made you do a vertical slash down it deferred per character if you press back you did a back you did like a backwards horizontal slash again deferred per character there was a logic to it and i think that that allowed people to play soul caliber even if you never particularly great at it i always felt that soul caliber was the most friendly out of the fighters far and away um interestingly enough is like if if you talk to like a lot of like elitist uh fighting people like they legit say it's not a real fighting game right Okay. Um, a, I, wh- whoever up. said that is full of shit. Number one, the, the, and it, it is a common thing I hear everywhere. They'll be like, you and like you know, people also when you play fighting, I'm like yeah, I play Soul Calibur. Like, it's not a fighting game. No, no, they don't know what they're talking about. Then, right? Like, I know. The whole, the whole thing is that like, the, the, and I'm not going to attribute this to Soul Calibur. Is that what we call 3D fighters? They're almost inherently harder than a 2D fighter, like a Street Fighter because there is that third dimension mm-hmm. and you don't jump like how you would in a traditional fighter you, you won't do not. Mm-hmm. and you won't crouch 
the way you do in a traditional fighter. And for example, um, the whole thing about controls that I mentioned earlier about just holding up to jump, holding down to crouch, and holding left and right to walk forward and backwards, that can be deviated from in a three 3D fighter. Like Tekken, Soul Calibur, they all have the same thing going on. I mean, they're both developed by the same company, but they okay, all have exactly. the same thing going on where, in theory, you can actually mash your way into victory. Yeah, you because, can. Because <laughs> the moves don't come out as fast as like a 2D fighter. Like you can just press buttons and it works because of the way movement works in 3D games. It can happen. That said, to master that chaos takes a brain almost on par with like mastering Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, it's funny. Like, I've always thought that 3D games have always been easier to understand. I remember, but I, I realize I'm different in that way. Like I thought at least 3D games were inherently more easier because you moved the way you did in real life. But I've, I've discovered the opposite in practice, just interacting with people. Okay. You ever watch a, a Tekken 7 match like on Twitch or something like that? Yeah. Um, do you notice how everyone moves when they play Tekken? Uh, yes. They move, like, with a stutter step. Right. And we call that the uh, Korean backdash. Right. That Wait, is a really? series... Of, yeah. <laughs> that is a series of micro-inputs that you actually need to know in order to be even remotely viable in yes. Tekken. Um, I can do a lot of shit. I can do Geese Howard's pretzel motion. Like, look that one up, kids. I can't Korean backdash to save my life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, literally. And whoever sees you can't do that. It's like um, blood in the water. Yeah. Like, come, you're pretty much dead. Yeah, you're not going to be able to. You're, you're going to have a hard ceiling that will. Not only it's a hard ceiling that's also coming down on your head to hit you periodically as you're bumping into it periodically. <laughs> yeah. And every 3D game has something like that. Right. Like, Tekken has something like that. Soul Calibur has its own, like, movement, like, option. Yes. Like, Virtual Fighter, same thing. Like, and they don't translate between each other. No. Which is what makes 3D games even harder. Because in 2D games, like, you're still walking on the same plane. You're still jumping and crouching on the same plane. Those are transferable skills. You know what's funny is that's never made sense. Like, I remember the very first thing I said is my sister always tells a story. The first thing I ever saw Super Mario Brothers in 89 was I walked into the, I walked up to the very first Goomba. And I looked at my sister and I said, why can't I go around it? <laughs> and my sister got real mad at me and i've always had that problem with 2d fighting games and i, I don't understand why i cannot go around like the, the first time i played like tekken i was like oh my god i can sort of go around. and then they put the sidestep in like the second no certain characters had a sidestep in tekken 2 which was fucked <laughs> but um <laughs> But yeah, uh, then once I started playing 3D fighting games, I was like, oh, okay, I can start moving around in a way that makes sense to my brain. But I realized I was in the minority in 2D fighting games. Like, it's just like, it, 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 since we're talking about it, it's just, I, I, I forgot about that bit because I never got 2D things until well and until I was later in life. Like, okay. I, yeah. I, I got to draw some quick podcast lore for you because um, a very long time ago, I think this is not that far from when we first met. Um, Aaron notoriously said, and I remembered this, um, rather do everything in 3D than 2D. And at the time, I did not really understand what that meant at the time. Since then, I was a teacher. Like I actively taught people, excuse me, children specifically, 
the uh, merits of game design. And interestingly enough, that Super Mario Brothers moment that you had, I've had recreated in recent years. Because one of the big challenges I would do when I would intro uh, the kids to this uh, this little program, this after-school program, was I'd ask them if they were good at video games. And they would all unanimously say yes, because they're big into Fortnite. They're big into all these other things, right? And I say, okay, prove it. I'll set up an NES emulator. And I will see if you can defeat the first level of Super Mario Brothers. Like, you're good at video games. I'm not going to tell you how it works. Just do it. And they were like, what do you mean just do it? There's only two buttons here. There's jump. There's go fast. Beat it. You're good. 75% of those kids died to that first Goomba. Oh, yeah. I didn't there was it. no going around. Bro. There was no shooting it. There was bro, nothing. Bro, I didn't. They would run right into it and die. Bro. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That was me. First game, my first game I ever, first uh, Nintendo game I ever played, I ran into that Goomba and died. First game I ever beat in my life was Tomb Raider. By the way, I did not beat a single Nintendo or Super Nintendo game I owned without a Game Genie. Not a single one. Now, listen. Conversely, the first challenging game I ever beat in my entire life was Mega Man X. Damn. The- there were a lot of games that I played, but I could not beat. Mega Man X was really the first one where I felt that sense of triumph. But that's a 2D game. Like now, there are so many options. Like we said before, you can see who comes from what if you watch a kid play. Mm-hmm. Like you can see the Fortnite kids died of that Goomba. You can see the Hollow Knight kids fucking destroy that stage. Like, you you can see all the variety of just what we have now. And I think that's so remarkable. But more to the point, you're not alone anymore. (laughs) Like, you got a whole generation behind you having the same struggle, bro. Like, they're all there. And I think that's just fascinating. Uh, Yeah, Um, I really, it's good to hear that other folks are having this problem like it sounds terrible to say but i'm happy to hear that the babies are struggling um right along with me it means that i would be able to um teach them a little bit even though the babies are wild because they play fortnite and um fortnite is also a thing that i'm too old for so um my response to getting shot at in a game is not to um uh produce a garage um that mindset is how I know. Like, it's very few games where I'm too old to play. Like, I feel like I'm too old to process. That is definitely one of them. I'm right there with you. So, I gave Fortnite a shot once. Once. No, I appreciate how um I appreciate how culturally relevant it is. I appreciate yeah, no, when same. when they sat down all the white kids and showed them Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech in the game. Oh man, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, I, I appreciate the attempts at being reasonable, um, but that is not a game that I can play. I was hoping for the MLK and Malcolm X skins in the game, but of course, you know, that's a slippery slope, but I was thinking about it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yes, uh, I, I am definitely going to be getting Street Fighter now that you've said effectively there is also a proper update to Final Fight in the game. Um, that is a that is a game changer for me. A huge Final Fight fan. Uh, I think you'd appreciate it. Um, I I showed you guys a screenshot not that long ago. Uh, 
of just something in the game that referenced Final Fight, and that one thing is multiplied by two hundred when you actually play World Tour. Uh, do they um uh do they play the Final Fight the um, first level music at all or enough or a lot? Because that'd be great okay, if they so- did. Glad you mentioned that because there is like no reprisals <gasps> of old music no. in Street Fighter Six, and this has been a point of contention for people because the character themes were slowly released at leading up to the game, and there are more people who were just pissed because the old stuff wasn't there. And now here's the thing: for me, like you mentioned, Final Fight's uh, stage one. I've heard now the 25th remix of that as Lucius' theme in Street Fighter V, a Final Fight character who you can play in Street Fighter V. Yes. Personally, I am okay with never hearing those songs again. Show on me. But what has been uh, composed in their stead is pretty good because it's dynamic. And then on top of that, the composer was heavily inspired by final fights of days past so you're not gonna hear the i mean it's not gonna happen anymore i don't necessarily like so i don't need the whole game to sound like that but i do i do need to hear it every so often because that just sounds that sounds like the music that plays when the mayor power bombs a citizen through the hood of a car because he's had enough like it sounds like the jewish ninja guy and somebody's fucking boyfriend just a homie in a t-shirt <laughs> is get get out there and then they start um whooping everybody's ass like it is one of the most appropriate theme songs that and the opening to streets of rage 2 the yes. most appropriate yes. sounds to the like the opening to several hours of ass whooping you don't even have to return to it but to start it it's certain games sound like the first steps of the character every time like the green hill zone it sounds like sonic walking into the screen from the left every time it sounds like that so you know final fight has that the sound of you coming up out the train station ready to start dumping some of these people on their heads because this gotta take back the streets okay so the thing about that is that um i think once you play the game You'll definitely understand. Oh that. yeah, I'm I, certain. Because losses, that might I'll, make it sound. Oh, I'm certain. But also, um, I'm 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 definitely on the other side of this because I'm at a point where I played just so many video games, dude, for so long that there are just some things I would love to move forward, and I think that's what Street Fighter Six represents for me. Is like finally a fucking chance to move forward. So I'm okay with not hearing any of the old stuff, whether it's SF or Final Fight again, because this tells me that they're in 2023. Like one of the biggest criticisms I have with that franchise is that if you ever want Street Fighter merch, you know what game they're going to be referencing every single time you want Street Fighter merch? Uh, two. Two. Two has been out for over 30 years. Me. Yeah. There have been so many Street Fighter games since then. And you mean to tell me that we can't make any merch that references anything beyond two? We're still stuck there? Fuck fuck Sean. But like four and five came along. Yeah. Almost twelve years apiece between the two games. Yeah. And we're still making fucking 
Sagat with the blue shorts? Like we're still doing that? Yeah. If he even gets merch, we're making Chun Li with the with the with the blue and uh, gold getup. The bun. We're the still two, doing the, that. The two hair buns, yeah. With the buns and the spike bracelets that make no sense, we're still doing that. Speaking of making no sense, uh, the cami design, we're still doing that with the, with the ass crack out. We're still doing that. I hate characters with their parts. No, out. like they're relics of their time. Right. Like design has evolved so much since then, and that's why Street Fighter Six is a huge sell for me because it finally aged these characters up. Listen, I'm here for it. I am. I'm absolutely. You know? Let, let's I'm do it. Like, if you got to throw away the songs, I'm good. Just give me them good designs. Oh, I'm Like, I love Ryu theme. I love it, Aaron. Loved it since day one. New Ryu theme is fucking crack, bro. Like, it's so good. And people disagree. I don't need to hear Ryu's music anymore. Um, just because, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't get as much Final Fight as I do Street Fighter. Which is why mm-hmm. I say I want specific Final Fight things. But Street Fighter things, like... Street Fighter is a is 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 part of the culture. We hear Ryu's right. theme often. We hear Guile's theme. We hear these we hear these things. Someone will have a dog on jumping off a trampoline to Guile's theme song. That's how ingrained in the culture um, that stuff is. So I I agree with you that we can move on from that. Like I said, I only have an interest in a few notes. I don't necessarily need the whole. Need, same thing with Streets of Rage. I don't need to hear the whole um, soundtrack again. I just like the music that plays when you first come out of the subway and start bouncing people around. Personally, I just always enjoyed it. It's it's a vibe. I'm willing to move on because, um, and like I always say, we're the generation where everything we like is readily available. We're the first generation where everything we enjoy is readily available to us. Um, right. Our parents, one of the reasons why our parents and grandparents are so salty is because what they valued was physically removed from them over time and replaced by things they don't know for people they don't like. <laughs> that's a damn sure way to put it right so they're salty yeah. about it which is why our parents and grandparents always resented the stuff that we like just on principle because it replaced their shit we don't have that problem everything we like is readily available I have a hard drive with hundreds of games that I've been playing over the past 30 years of my life I can still play Final Fight right now with both of you right now you can <laughs> play Final Fight in Street Fighter 6 <laughs> right exactly so it just does these things arcade a, perfect right so even when I ask for things I'm being very clear that I'm not necessarily married to them because I don't even like I have everything is existing in perpetuity. Time is like a flat circle for us. Everything exists at once. So I'm here for change. I'm perfectly comfortable with it. Mind you, like I'm not really whinging. I'm just saying I just like that bit of music, but I can then go play Final Fight literally right now before the show is over, which I might put on in the background while we're talking. So (laughs) I'm with it. I really am well and truly. So I'm here. I'm here for all this change and growth. I am. I'm reminded of um, when I played Mortal Kombat, I think 10. Was it 10? Or was it 11? Either way, I used to always wonder why um, Melina and Katana um, are always naked. And then they introduced Rain, who was also naked. He's dressed like a background dancer for like Prince. And I was like, oh, they're all naked. That's so grown. And they weren't as naked <laughs> as they were in Mortal Kombat 9, where they were just all three women in, sh- in shiny, shiny titty bikinis. <laughs> Just different colors of them. It wasn't like that. Like looking they, at you, Jade. <laughs> Listen, they they had the they had the, the, the multicolored ninjas and they had the multicolored naked titty ninjas and I was just like, guys, please. They heard me though. So I love when design. I am hear you. I appreciate that the design grows up. I'm actually rather excited. This is actually a really good sell. I actually am ready to. I'm ready to play Street Fighter. I well and truly am. You know who my who my two main characters are on Street Fighter Six. 
Uh, They're not legacy characters. They are Jamie, who is a break dancer who performs drunken boxing. I love him. And the other is Marissa, who is a hulking, hulking woman, six foot seven, can punch you to dust. I also love her. And I love her. And I can say for a fact, this is the best batch of newcomers to a fighting game franchise probably ever. (laughs) No misses. Oh, yeah. No misses. Because there's always that one where you just go, yeah, nobody's going to play that guy. Remember um, when Soul Calibur, I think it was Soul Calibur 4, 5, was it 5, where they replaced the cast arbitrarily? Five. Yep. With anime tropes <laughs> loosely related to those characters. And there were so yep. many misses. So, so, so many, so many I don't even misses. Really remember them. That's how many misses. Right. It was an awful series of choices. So for like I remember, like I said, I was there for that. So for you to tell me that there is um no, absolutely no mi- and I see it because the entire character Street Fighter, if, full disclosure, I actually am not the biggest fan wow. of the characters in Street. Like they're iconic, right? I was raised right. on them because they were on in the background because everyone was playing Street Fighter around me. My favorite fighting right. games were actually SNK games for me, like the ones that I enjoyed the most. That's why it's funny when you brought it up. I was like, yeah, I like those way better, even though they were much more rare growing up. Yep, um, same here. Right. So I Street Fighter, all the character select screens have been generally foreign. Like I've been interested in very small chunks of them. Two characters here, three characters there, one character there. That's why the reason that you never seen me playing Street Fighter. Um, this is the first time where the character select screen is intriguing. Like I would just hit random select and have a ball. And that's a, that's again, new for me and an achievement for street fighter. And it's good to hear that somebody who plays it all the time confirms that like it's, that's extremely impressive. Oh, that's the thing too. Um, it's funny you bring up SNK because I've played street fighter more than I play any SNK game. However, I enjoy SNK games because they put so much thought into character design, into the story, into so many mm-hmm. things that you would not associate with a fighting game. Right. Like, you know, great storytelling, great characterization, like great designs. Like these are all things that fighting games are more than capable of delivering, but for whatever reason, they don't. And Street Fighter is the biggest like culprit of this because Street Fighter those designs, like reused design, has been virtually the same since 1991. Yes. This game was the f- the first major shift in reused design since he had slippers in Street Fighter 1. You know, like... <laughs> I love the fact that he looks like somebody just called him to show up on it, like, after he hit retirement. And, like... He's just like, why the fuck am I here? I love it so much. Full beard. Full full beard. He looks cranky. Oh, but that's the thing, too. He's not cranky at all. Like, he's the most chill he has ever been in any game. Because he has finally overcome the, the Satsui no Hado, which is this evil thing that's been tormenting him since basically the first game for those of you not are familiar with the lore but um yeah he got over it so now he's happy that's why his music is so chill now you Listen, go talk to I'm him? just saying that his face took the consequence 
Listen, Bacon, you go talk to him in World Tour. You know what you're doing? You're helping him learn how to use a smartphone. That is fucking my precious. Man, my, man's trying to, my man's trying to live now. He's done the work. My now man's my man's trying to live. Man, he's chilling. He's got no stress. Uh, that's clearly my man. And I'm like, yo, that's that's growth. Ken Ken looks like he just got off the couch. Oh, Ken's a goddamn terrorist. Like, <laughs> wait, what? I need to know. No, that's that's like one of the things. Like, you don't even have to play the game. Like, it was such a big deal when they found out that you know Ken was apparently an alleged terrorist, <laughs> and it's like the most development Ken has ever had, other than being player two. I. Yeah. <laughs> like this game is wild like i'm just saying you play the game you'll see what these guys have been up to uh, what 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 about guile is guile just guile guile is just guile like more <laughs> than anything he's done with bison because for you know those of you who hadn't played five bison's dead so like right. there is no more bison to tie all these characters together so now they're doing new shit guile is just this like elder statesman in the air force pretty much he just likes and watching people fight it's almost it yeah he just likes watching people fight he's chilling now you know like fucking they're all older so they're all just teaching like they don't have any like scruples to any unfinished business really that's it's so great. Like that's so bold because like Tekken you doesn't give them f- the elders. Yeah, yeah Tekken's the opposite. Tekken's the opposite. Like <laughs> niggas will be scrapping forever. Like, hey, Hachi's like 159 years old and he's still Not squaring anymore. up. <laughs> right. So it's like so it's like they have this endless, relentless struggle where all the characters are kind of still hung up on each other <laughs> for way too long. Yeah, like Tekken 7. When Heihachi got thrown into the volcano for reals, and this is like not a spoiler, it's like a 10 year old game now. Listen, Heihachi ain't coming back on paper, he's dead, dead. And even then, you know how long that took to happen? This man's been beefing with his son for like 25 years. Heihachi's dead, dead? Oh, yeah. How's he killed him? Yeah. How? Threw him right into the volcano for, for real. You saw his body go in. Yeah, but Heihachi's robust. Nah, he's he got bodied. Like Tekken Seven was like the big turning point for that feud. Now Tekken Eight, you're going into it, and Kazuya is basically trying to take over the world. And Jin, after starting in his own world war in Tekken Six, is now left to stop his father. And that's the big story about Tekken Eight. One of them's got to go. You know, so they're moving there, right? But we're still eight games in and they're still having a feud, you know? Conversely, Street Fighter characters, they're practically retired. Right. And I think that that take, I like that. I appreciate that the make the move where a character exists in a fighting game and is actually fulfilled in life. Like I spent my whole life fighting. Right. I can square up, but actually I'm actually doing pretty good. Bison right. died. I'm about two years away from retirement. It's actually pretty nice training the young people. It's pretty cool. I mow my lawn, you know. I like to keep lawn, <laughs> you know. I like to keep lawn shapely, you know. How it yeah, is. That's such a huge plot point in World Tour, actually, because you're learning from them. Like you, you're not trying to get them to save the world. You're not trying to get them to challenge like everything in the world. Like the whole plot isn't even a universe-bearing plot. Like you're just the new guy with other new people. 
and you're trying to find your way in the world. Like the main theme of the mode is what is strength? And they send you around the world to find your own answer. So like you're not dealing with the guys anymore. I love that so much. It's That's great. so good. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you're basically carving out your own game. Like World Tour will lead you by the hand to some places, but after a certain point, it's just you do what you want. And I think that is the best thing you could possibly do with like legacy characters, because the reason why uh, we kind of get tired of them is because they never rest. Like they never go the fuck away. They don't leave room to be missed. Like their stories are never fulfilled. Like for example, um, SNK actually does this a lot. Characters don't return because they're done. Like either they finish, they've accomplished whatever goal they had, or they died. But either way, they don't come back. Like, that's something more fighting and characters need to do. And maybe other franchises will get there soon. But just to see the Street Fighters, the, the World Warriors, just hanging out, completely inconsequential to the plot. So Wonderful. I have one last question. Yes, what is Dalsim doing? Oh, so very interestingly, because um, I I don't want to spoil uh, so, like so anything. For I mean, I mean, I just want to say the last I, I I've been looking at a lot of Street Fighter Alpha three, and one thing I realized is that on his stage has his wife in it, and I realized that we haven't I haven't heard anything about Dalsim in so long, and I'm like, wait, since the fighting game stories are so slow because they come out every decade, yeah, what is Dalsim doing? <laughs> so that's that's another great point because Dalsim's wife. Like, I think debuted in Alpha 2, actually. Right. And, like, we didn't know much about him, his family, or anything, like, why he does what he does. And in recent games, like, you see them positioning Dalsum as more of a, like, well, for lack of a better term, like, a guru character. Like, he's the guy who kind of observes the other World Warriors, more or less. Like, they're all chill with him. And you kind of learn more that, uh... Dalsum was about that I'm gonna not bother with this shit life before anybody else and in 6 you see the culmination of that because not only is Dalsum just chilling in this temple with the most banger song you may have ever heard but also there's a character in World Tour and again I'm not gonna spoil it but there's a character in World Tour who has a very very strong connection to Dalsum which is something we've never seen because, again, like you said, these games come out like every decade, so they don't really uh, progress very much. But there's a character in World Tour who has a very strong connection to Dalsum who is in the Mad Gear gang. <laughs> so when you meet this character, you'll go, oh, this is Dalsum's problem now. <laughs> and it's not like the main plot. It's like a little side story where you see exactly what this guy's been up to. So that's the thing with all the mentors. If you level your, up your relationship with them enough, that's a cool thing too. You can have relationships with them. Um, if you level them up enough, they will send you on a mission where you will straight up learn what they've been up to and how that interacts with the world that you've been traversing through. And I think that's fucking neat because this is the most characterization that any of them have ever had. You know, my least favorite World Warrior was E-Honda for the longest time. Because what the fuck did he do as an Insumo? 
Um, you know what's funny is in my mind, mm-hmm. I feel like I just took Ganryu's story. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like I always want a Honda story and in my mind I was just like well I guess someone saw Ganryu and gave him the proper narrative that a Honda's never gotten literally been the sum- like, I, and it's funny because like, even there was a period of time where I was like looking up sumo on YouTube like I was down the rabbit hole and I was like there's so much story they could have told about a Honda just him being a sumo wrestler is interesting him being the best one is interesting enough oh wow Dude, like Ganryu, Honda, Taka Arashi from Virtual Fighter, they're all the same character for the longest time. Yes. Just sumo. <laughs> their character. But now Honda has purpose. They gave everyone purpose. The best gift you could ever give a character. I'm here for this. Like I'm here for the proper characterization of Street Fighter characters. Like I've always liked the story of the characters more than the game. So much so. I'm here. Uh, that that's really that's really that really has piqued my interest. Okay, I'm with this. Yo, Blanca's a hustle man. What do you mean hustle man? He what was he? He's a hustle man. He's got a whole scheme. <laughs> you, when you when you talk to him, his whole thing is getting you on the grift. <laughs> He's scamming people. He's scamming people. <laughs> like. I love so scam. much that he's a. I love so much that he's just a, out here, just a fucking scammer. Nah, they, they call it's him a, a tour guide. It is the funniest shit in the world to me. Uh, you you want to hear funniest shit in the world? When you meet Blanca for the first time, um, he starts mentioning this cryptid of the of the jungle, Blanca Chan. <laughs> and when he mentions Blanca Chan for the first time, it's like an X Files thing plays, and it's hilarious. <laughs> But it goes to the point that this man is just scheming now. <laughs> like, that's what he does with his time. He doesn't have to be the fiercest warrior in the jungle anymore. He's just like, yo, come to Brazil. I got you. And then he walks away with your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. That's brilliant. Him. Like, these guys are finally getting purpose. It's great. I'm here for this. Nah, I can't stress it enough. Whenever you can, play the game. It's great. All right. Um, well, this is a ringing endorsement. I actually appreciate this. Um, is anyone? And we're gonna like we're approaching our time. So, um, if anyone has anything to add before we wrap up, is this about the orcas? Uh, listen, <laughs> I don't I, like. I, I really, I really only have jokes. I mean, I have a too long didn't read in some jokes. I mean, tell us more about the ocean consuming those who would disrespect it. Okay, so essentially, essentially, um, there's a person who has been tracking orcas attacking boats because so orcas are kind of assholes in general. Orcas, killer whales, they're 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 great. They, they, you know, they went through a whole, um, a whole, uh, what, what do you call it when, um, you start out asshole, like a whole reputation shift because, you know, they're called killer whales and people were like, don't call them killer whales. They don't really be doing actually, or orcas kind of, they kind of do. Um, like one of the things that they do is they, they specifically like break ice or topple floating ice just to eat seals. And what are boats? But just things to fuck with. 
And um, so there's like endangered killer whales um, have started on the coast of like on off of European waters, uh, just ramming yachts and fishing boats, just headbutting, just smashing their heads into them. And there's a person on the online has a website. It's been tracking them and you can like watch like the attacks ramping up. Um, uh, like since, uh, 2020, I guess there's been over 500 reports of like orcas being dicks. Um, but I mean, listen, these fishing boats, like they're not unguilty here. Like they're a lot of like commercial fishing is a huge part of like fucking, fucking up the ocean. Um, uh, nobody cares about yachts. <laughs> well, rich people care about yachts. We don't care about yachts. And they're, uh, they're getting pretty, pretty resourceful, like figuring out where the rudders are and tearing them off. <sighs> <laughs> You love to see it. Listen, <laughs> measured, executed. Exactly, and like they're not—they're not going after. They are. They and, and when orcas can capsize a boat, like they can, they 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 can a hundred percent flip a boat over. That is wrong as hell. That they and then we we and they will co work in coordination to do so. And again, mind you. The killer whales are they're an they're they're endangered species. They and you know, we've been fucking up the waters. And when you fuck up waters, you end up with hungry, aggressive animals. And you also have animals who know. And like orcas are smart. They know who's doing it. They know what's happening. Like they don't like like know like people how like people instinctually know, but they know that mother those motherfuckers over there, those fucking boats are fucking up our shit. <laughs> Fuck those boats. Listen, my favorite thing is just like like uh other Aaron who sent like's been posting gifts of uh posting gifts and just like uh pictures of orcas with koofies on their heads, and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> um and, and like so like also like my side of the country is it it like is known for orca viewing because like part of their migration pattern comes over here. So like people are like now concerned about off the coast of San Francisco and like also parts of like Massachusetts. Cause again, migration cycles, right. They like, they, they go all over. Um, and like that they're off the coast here. So this shit is fucking hysterical to me. Yeah, just, just stay out of the water. The just ocean is now Howard beach. Listen, so it was actually kind of funny because we were talking about the, the 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 submarine of death earlier and everybody immediately went, was it the orcas? And I'm like, that is funny. Orcas don't <laughs> first off, orcas don't swim that deep, but that is funny. <laughs> well, they don't have to be down there. They just have to make sure the the, the, the vessel gets down there. I mean, they, they do not have to be down there. They can absolutely make sure that the vessel gets down there. So you think but, they you um, think they bit off the little Bluetooth knob off the front that's used to connect the controller to the rest of the ship? The little gave it a little nudge, a little bump. Wouldn't put it wouldn't put it past them. A like, little as flip long of, as you don't find the gun, you can't prove it. Right, a little flip of the tail, a little bent that in half and let them go down and, and that was it. 
You see that D-pad? It didn't stand a chance. I love it. Oh, it's yeah, not even no, like a orcas, good D-pad. Orcas are disgustingly smart. You like they, they're 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 really, really smart. Like they they will team up and kill uh uh kill sharks. They just they they're 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 super smart. They 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 learn they they know how to communicate they learn how to communicate with other species, they learn how to communicate with them, and uh they just be out here uh fucking up the rich and us not the rich are doing the memes and jokes about it. Because that mermaid girl is black now. Listen. <laughs> Absolute fucking chaos ensued once they made that mermaid girl black and put that out there for the world. It's the Obama effect. <laughs> oh my god, not the Obama. <laughs> no, it's revolution everywhere. Revolution now. Revolution that, that, everywhere. That 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 song that she's been singing is actually a call to the orcas. Right. Yeah. There's there's secretly coded orca language in there. That's right. That submarine got wrapped up by some uh, kraken type creature. Just one single tentacle just popped it like a balloon. Rip those people. And uh yeah, revolution. Stay out of the water. Which is real. We need to stay the fuck out of no the water. We ain't got no we live we literally cannot uh, listen to you, we cannot have business in the water. We are physically incapable of having business in the water. It, That's why we was, got the land. It was right. really funny because um one of the great blacks of Twitter uh posted like you out here having a Juneteenth party on a yacht. <laughs> you are inviting black people to have a Juneteenth party on a yacht. I don't know which one was worse, the yacht tweet or the one where the lady was asking, "Can I bring my white boyfriend to the Juneteenth party?" <laughs> and someone was like, "The the reason we have Juneteenth to the party." <laughs> uh. It was a time. It was a time. I, I'm just like I have to look at people and be like, "You can, but you will get roasted, and so will your partner." Can the two of you handle that? <laughs> just, just don't do it. Like if you gotta but, ask, I mean, the answer I mean, is no. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> I I do I do like getting the awkward questions of like, how what do I say for Juneteenth? Have a happy Juneteenth. That's shit. That's what I say. I'm just the, the like white people be like, how do I? Do, is it okay if I say Happy Juneteenth? And I'm like, like, I'm like, y'all, it's not that deep. Just <laughs> say Happy Juneteenth. Okay, that's but I, I, I think that's a very fair question coming from a white person. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst, but it is. I'm just like, I'm just like. It, it says you thought about it. It, it does say you thought. About so, it. Sometimes that's all we ask for. That you just think about it before you say it. I'm just like, if you're feeling gu- guilty, just ask for the cash app. Yeah. I mean, you put that much thought into that thing before you were going to say it. I think just, your head just, is in the right place. And just just ask for their, you know what? Just ask for their cash app. <laughs> like, you're not going to be John Brown, but you can be well on the way. You know? You, you <laughs> can. I'm just like, I'm just like, just say have a happy Juneteenth and give them like 30 bucks. <laughs> <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> Great day, Juneteenth. Great day. <laughs> so yeah, the orcas have joined us for Juneteenth celebrations. Appreciate it. And whole ass revolution. Also, shout out to the Kraken. 
grab that ship full of rich folks. Hell yeah. Shout out to the Kraken, supporting black lives. I'm deep, 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 deep at the bottom of the ocean there. You know? Ah. Wondering why you're around here, because you know it's probably just hanging out near the wreckage of the Titanic doing Kraken stuff. Why are you yeah. why are you around here? Get from around the here. In the uh in the Chesapeake Bay crab. Pillars of the black community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think uh, I think we've did it. I think we did another program. I think we nailed it. Um, good job, team. Good job. Um, we always like to throw towards the end there. Um, we still have Patreon. We have Twitter. That's a UN Fridays Twitter. But Twitter's in shambles. We need more stuff. Um, we have a Patreon that's not in shambles. It's patreon.com backslash on Fridays. Pays for bacon to live. Uh, operating costs, bacon's food. Full stop. Maximum transparency. Um, yeah. Uh, please support if you can. But thank you for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Does anyone have anything they want to add? I'm wrapping it up. Closing it down. Anything critical? This is a great show. Let's go. Uh, for, for real. Like, Thanks for having me because I kind of came right after I left work. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, no, no, hype. listen, thank you for being here. Thanks mm-hmm. for hitting me up in the DMs and being like, hey, didn't hear nothing about Street Fighter. So what's up? Listen, <laughs> as, as the resident fighting game correspondent of the ADD Space podcast, mm-hmm. I felt like I had a duty. And I want to thank you both for allowing me a platform. And play Street Fighter. Play fighting games. Fighting games are for everyone. They are for everyone. Listen, you are always welcome here. I appreciate you greatly. Much obliged. Much obliged. All right, folks. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We will um, be back next week with more stuff. Until then, have a pleasant day. Go ahead, stand your, stand your, stand your.